It's a very beautiful Friday morning and I want to say a very good morning to you. Yes, you my dear listener. Thank you also for joining me today, which is Friday. And thank you for clicking on this podcast. Um, I want to believe that you had an amazing night rest. You know, the scripture says he giveth good sleep to his beloved. And because you are the beloved of God, you are permitted to always, always, quote me, always have good sleep. All right. So finally, I also want to give a shout out to my friend Ugona and her husband, DJ. I want to congratulate them for the successful wedding celebration and i want to pray that the lord will keep your home the lord will build your home and the lord will sustain every divine thing that he has started in your home all right so congratulations ugo and dj all right guys my name is amichi victor okeke and you're welcome to voice of eden podcast all right so far we have been reading through how you can be led by the spirit of god by Kenneth E. Hagin. All right. And we have done through chapter one to chapter 18. If you haven't listened to any of the podcasts, I beg you to do so. I know, I know you may find, you may say, I'm very busy. I don't have time to do, to listen. You can just play it while you work or play it while you drive or play it while you exercise or play it while you're washing or while you're doing the dishes or while you're cooking. Any of those, you can play them and listen. I'll just read the book to you and you listen. Trust me, my life personally, a lot of things has changed about my mindset just reading this book again, again. All right. So today we'll be looking at chapter 19 and 20. Hmm. Let me warn you, chapter 20 is a long read, but I'll make it interesting for you so that we can all enjoy it together. All right. So let's jump into chapter 19 of our book review. Hi there, my name is Amechi and I'm the anchor of Voice of Eden. Aside this, I'm a pro graphics designer, a singer, and I just love God, which is most important. I'm on a mission to expose people to the truth of who they are in Christ Jesus, to build a generation that loves God, fears God, and serves God, to raise and empower people that cherish the word of God. Aside this, I am passionate about some other things, but I won't share it, alright? So join me as we journey into God's rest. Chapter 19. The Voice of the Spirit While Peter thought in the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Acts chapter 10 verse 19. God leads us by what we call the still small voice but he also leads us by the voice of the Spirit of God speaking to us. This is the third way we are led by the Spirit. Number one is by the inward witness. Number two is by the inward still small voice. Number three is by the more authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. There is a difference between the inward voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirits and that still small voice which is the voice of our own spirit speaking to us. When the Holy Spirit within you speaks, it is more authoritative. Sometimes it is so real it almost seems to be an audible voice. You may even look around to see who said it. It may seem so audible sometimes that you may think someone behind you said something. But then you realize it wasn't you. Remember in the Old Testament how the young boy Samuel heard a voice call his name. Samuel, Samuel. He thought Eli was calling him. He jumped up and ran to Eli to find out what he wanted. Eli said, no, I didn't call you. 
Samuel went back to bed. Then again he heard, Samuel, Samuel. Again he ran to Eli. No, I didn't call you. It happened the third time. Finally, it dawned on Eli what was happening. Eli said, The next time the Lord calls you, answer him. So the next time it happened, Samuel answered that voice, and the Lord spoke further to him. 1 Samuel chapter 3 All of God's leading are supernatural. Some, however, are not spectacular, but I have found in more than 50 years of ministry that when God moved in a more spectacular way, when he had spoken to me in what seemed to me to be an audible voice, it meant there was rough sailing ahead. If he had not spoken so spectacularly, I would not have stayed steady. Concerning the last church I pastored, for example, I heard the pastorate was open and I made arrangement to preach there one Wednesday night. During the period of time before I was to go there to preach, I held the three-week revival in Houston. During this revival, the pastor, his brother, who was also a preacher, and I met at the church every day to pray about the night services. The church with the open pastorate was their home church. Every day the pastor and his brother would ask me, have you prayed about that church yet? Finally, I did pray about it. I just said to the Lord, I am going to go to that church next Monday and I am going to preach Wednesday. I don't know whether you want me to pastor there or not. I don't know if I even want to pastor it. But whatever you say about it is fine with me. That is all I said. Then I heard a voice speak so plainly. I jumped. I looked behind me. I really thought that one of the preachers had heard me pray and was joking with me because I heard this voice and to me it was audible. The voice said, you are the next pastor at that church and that will be the last church you will ever pastor. You could interpret that a thousand different ways. You could let the devil tell you that you were going to die or that you were going to be defeated but it actually meant that my ministry would change to a field ministry. About then, those two preachers walked down the aisle. As usual, they asked, Have you prayed about that church yet? I said, You two fellows are looking at the next pastor. Oh, if you knew that church like we know it, you wouldn't say that. It splits right down the middle. Anything half the church is for, the other half is against. It takes two-thirds of the votes to get elected as pastor. And we'll just be honest with you you won't be able to get elected. I don't know about that. I just know I'm the next pastor. Well, you don't know that church like we do. I said, no, but I know Jesus and I know the Spirit of God. I know what he said to me. After I preached the first time, I saw why God moved in such a spectacular way. Every word I spoke bounced right back to me like a rubber ball bouncing off the back wall. It was tough. I thought I was only going to preach one night. But they had made arrangement for me to preach several nights. Every night, my wife and children and I had to move to a different place to stay. We were at one deacon's house one night and another deacon's house the next night. One deacon told us, If you stay with me all the time, some of the rest of the congregation will probably get jealous and think I am for you and they will vote against you. We kept all our things in the car and every night we will get out just enough for the next day. And every night when we get off to bed, I would say to my wife, if God hadn't spoken so spectacularly to me, I would just get up, get the children 
get into the car and leave without saying a word to anyone. My flesh wanted to leave so badly. My mind wanted to leave. My spirit held me steady because God had spoken to me in such a spectacular way. They had the election. I got every vote. Everyone said, it's the greatest miracle of the century that anyone could get that kind of vote from this church. I knew all the time I would get it. The Spirit of God had told me I would. Chapter 20 Judging by the Word Prove all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Always remember this. The Bible teaches that the Spirit of God and the Word of God agree. Anytime the Spirit of God speaks to you, it will always be in line with the Word. People have heard voices and have gotten every kind of revelation you can imagine. Some people are always claiming to hear a voice. You can and you should judge these things. You can judge whether spiritual experiences are right or wrong simply by judging them by the Word. Several years ago, I was preaching in California. A woman who had invited the pastor, his wife and me to her home for noon meal said, Brother Hagen, I want to tell you what the Lord said to me. I want to give you my revelation. Before she opened her mouth, I sensed by the inward witness in my spirit that something was not right. But she persisted and I agreed to listen. She had fed us in her lovely home and now she wanted to give me this revelation. She began to relate it and she talked for about 10 minutes before I stopped her. I just couldn't stand it anymore. Please, I said, wait a minute. There's a Bible there on the table by the chair. Pick it up and open too. I gave her a chapter and a verse in the New Testament. Read that. She read it. Then I gave her another verse of scripture. She read it. I pointed her to several scriptures. Everything she read contradicted what she said. I said, see, I cannot accept what you are saying. It is not in line with this book. Therefore, it cannot be the Spirit of God. But Brother Hagen, I was praying at the altar. I said, I don't care if you were praying on top of the church. It's still not right. It is not in line with the word. Yes, but I know God gave it to me. I said, no, he didn't. This is the word. And what you are saying is in direct opposition to what the word of God says. Can you give me any scripture to substantiate what you are saying? No, but I know I heard his voice speak to me. I just gave you five scriptures and with a little thought, I would have given you 20 that contradict what you are saying. Well, yes, she said, but Bible or no Bible, I know God spoke to me and I am going to stay with it. As we left, the pastor said to me, I didn't want to say anything to you before, but this dear woman was a fine saint of God, on fire for the Lord. She was a blessing to the church. Now she has been put out of every full gospel church in the city because she persists in pushing this revelation off on everyone. We are not to seek voices. We should not follow voices. We should follow the word of God. I preached a meeting in Oregon in the summer of 1954. At the close of one of the first services, I was laying hands on the people who stood in the long prayer line. I asked each one what they had come forward for before I ministered to them. When I came to one woman, her husband who had her by the arm said, We have come for my wife's healing. He told me she had a mental breakdown. 
I didn't know this woman was a former Sunday school teacher in that church, nor that her husband was a deacon in that church. But when I laid hands on her, in a second of time, just like it ran off on a television screen, I knew all about this situation. I knew it by the spiritual gift called the word of knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 8 I saw this woman in a large tent meeting in one of Oregon's largest cities. I saw her sitting in the congregations with thousands of people. She heard the evangelist tell how God spoke to him in an audible voice and called him into the ministry. I do not doubt that. This woman failed to realize, however, that this evangelist did not ask God to speak to him that way. God just did it on his own. We have no right to seek that God will speak to us in an audible voice. If God told us he would in his word, then all of us would have a right to claim it. But this evangelist hadn't even particularly expected God to speak in that way. But if God wants to, he can and he saw fit to do so in that particular case. At the time this woman heard the evangelist tell that, she was alright mentally. But then she began to seek God to speak to her in an audible voice. And the devil accommodated that. She began to hear voices. They drove her insane. She was now about to be taken to the asylum for the second time. I also saw this in the spirit. Her husband had taken her to this same evangelist for deliverance. She did not receive deliverance. Now her husband blamed that evangelist. Then her husband had taken her to another leading evangelist. She had failed to be delivered. Now her husband was angry with that other evangelist too. I knew she would not be delivered if I laid hands on her and then he would be angry with me. So I took my hand off her. I said to the man, take your wife into the pastor's study. Wait there. When I finish this line, I will talk with you. After we were finished with the healing line, the pastor and I went into the study together. First of all, I said to this couple, I have never been to Oregon before. I have never seen you folks before. I don't even know if the pastor knows you. The pastor said, he's one of our deacons. Well, I said, the pastor will tell you he has not told me anything. Then I related what I had seen. The deacon said, that's exactly right. Now I said, I will tell you why I didn't minister to your wife. You see, she wants to hear these voices. Then I said, She's not that far gone mentally that she doesn't know what I am saying. She spoke up. I know exactly what you are saying. I said, Sister, you are not going to be delivered until you want to be delivered. As long as you like it the way it is, as long as you want to hear these voices, you are going to hear them. She said, I want to hear them. As long as a sinner wants to live in sin, God will let him live in sin. But if he wants to change, God will meet him and deliver him. And even though a person is a Christian, that does not mean he loses his free moral agency. He does not become a robot, a machine, whereby God pushes a button and he automatically has to do whatever God desires. He's still a free moral agent. As long as he wants things as they are, they will stay that way. But if he wants to cooperate with God, he can be helped. This woman said, that's the way I want it. I said, I knew that the minute I touched you. That's the reason I didn't minister to you. As long as you want it this way, it's going to be this way. Do not seek voices. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 10 There are, it may be, so many kind of voices in the world. 
and none of them is without signification. We are not to accept anything without examining it in the light of the word of God. I am glad that I learned some of these things early in life. I mentioned I received my healing as a young boy by just acting on Mark chapter 11, 23 and 24. I was born with a deformed heart. I never ran or play as other children did. I became bedfast four months before my 16th birthday. My body became practically totally paralyzed. I wasted away until I weighed only 89 pounds. One day I asked the fifth doctor on the case, is something wrong with my eyesight or with my blood? When Dr. Mathis took blood from my finger, it didn't look red. This doctor said, I will tell you the truth, son. I will explain it to you in layman terms. The white blood corpuscles eat up the red corpuscles faster than you can build them up or we medically can do anything about it. If you didn't have the heart condition, if you didn't have the paralysis, this incurable blood disease would prove fatal. I knew nothing about divine healing. I didn't know anyone in all the world believed in divine healing. When I found it in the Bible, I thought I had found something no one else knew anything about. And I acted on God's word and was healed. The members of my family were what we call nominal Christians. Literally, they were baby Christians. They were saved, but they were not taught beyond that. They were ignorant of the word of God concerning healing. Our church thought God could heal if he would. Others thought not only that he would not heal, but that he could not heal. So when I began to see certain things in the Bible and began to talk to my family about them, they discouraged me. I had enough sense just to stay with the Bible and keep those things to myself. No one was in the room when I received my healing. I had been getting up and walking around the room for a couple of days before I said to my mama, please bring me a pair of shoes and socks, some underclothes and a pair of pants and a shirt. I had worn nothing but bed clothes for 16 months. I am going to get up and go to the breakfast table in the morning. Oh son, do you know what you are doing? It took me 45 minutes to talk her into the notion of laying out those clothes for me. We made our home with my grandparents from my mother's side and I asked my mother not to tell the rest of the family. Now you could just mark it down. Grandpa got up early and sat out on the porch swing. When you heard the porch swing creak as he got up and headed towards the back of the house to the dining room, there was no use in looking at your watch. It was 7.30. Grandpa ran on schedule. If you did look at your watch and it didn't say 7.30, you had better set it. It was 7.30. My bedroom was in the front of the house. At 7.30 that August morning, I heard that porch swing creak. I heard his footstep as he walked to the back of the house. I was already fully clothed, sitting on the chair in my room. I gave them time to get seated at the table. Then I walked out of my room, across another bedroom, and into the dining room. They did not expect that. Grandpa, a man of few words, looked up and said, Is the dead raised? Is Lazarus raised up? I said, Yes, the Lord has raised me up. Then he asked me to offer the blessing. I prayed, and we ate. It is amazing how quickly you can eat if you don't talk so much. You didn't talk at grandpa's table. 
especially the young folks. Within 15 minutes, we were finished. I went back to my room. It was 10 minutes till 8 o'clock. I knew mama would come in about 8 o'clock to make up the bed. Usually, I was in it and she would give me my bath. Just two days before, just two days before the day I was healed, she baited me. I was that helpless. So this Thursday morning, even though my heart was beating right, I felt weak from exerting so much energy. So I thought, I'm just going to lie down across the bed and rest till mama comes to clean the room. Then I'll go out and sit with grandpa in the swing. I had a mind to walk uptown about 10 o'clock. I dozed off to sleep and slept 10 minutes. At 8 o'clock, I suddenly became wide awake. I thought mama was in the room. Someone was in the room. I didn't see him, but I heard this voice. To me, it was audible. The voice spoke in slow, deep monotone and even quoted scripture. It said, and what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a time and then vanishes away. There was a pause. Then the voice said, And today thou shalt surely die. Every voice is not God. The first audible voice I ever heard was the devil. But I didn't recognize that then. I thought God was right there in that room. I sat up in the bed. Thoughts came up into my mind faster than machine gun bullets fly. I knew James said, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanishes away. James chapter 4 verse 14. I knew that was scripture. I knew the Lord told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Isaiah 38 verse 1. Also for the first six months of being bedfast, before I had known about divine healing, I had prayed the only way I understood. The doctors had said I had to die and I had accepted it. So I had prayed. Lord, just let me know ahead of time so I will have time to tell everyone goodbye. So when I heard this voice speaking to me, I thought God has moved in that supernatural way to let you know you are going to die so you will have time to tell everyone goodbye. Divine healing is right. You have been healed. The devil couldn't argue that. I already have the word on that. Your family knows you have been healed. They can see that. But remember, the Bible said, it is appointed unto men once to die and your appointment time has come. You are going to die today. I got up off the bed and tiptoed across the room. I thought God was standing right there in that room and I sat down in the chair by the window. There I waited from about 8.30 in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon to die. About 2.30, still sitting in that chair, some words came floating up from somewhere down inside me. I didn't know then what I know now, but I was born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was in my spirit, and he is the one who wrote the Bible. Holy men of old wrote as they were moved by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit knows what is in that book. Because he is in me, then my spirit knew some things that the Holy Spirit knows. So these words came floating up from somewhere inside me into my mind. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I didn't listen to them. I just let them float away from me. I still sat there waiting to die. The second time, these words came floating up from inside me into my mind. With long life will I satisfy him 
and show him my salvation. I picked them up and turned them over a couple of times in my mind. Then I thought, yes, but God has moved in the supernatural way to let me know I am going to die today. When I got my mind on that, those words disappeared. The third time, as I sat there and these words came floating up, that inward something said to my mind, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. For a moment, I picked them up and repeated them just in my mind. Then I said in a whisper, yes, but God has moved in this supernatural way to let me know that I am going to die. Again, when I got my mind on that, I missed it. The fourth time, a little more authoritatively, the Spirit of God spoke. I jumped. I thought someone had slipped up behind me. The voice of the Spirit of God said, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I said, Who said that? I mean, who is in this room talking to me? But the voice answered and said, The 91st Psalm. My Bible was on the floor under the chair I had been sitting in all day. I hadn't even looked at it. I picked it up now and turned to Psalm 91. When I got down to the end, sure enough it said, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Verse 16. But do you think the devil will give up that quickly? Oh no. Another voice. It seemed like something sitting on my shoulders. Said in my natural ear and mind. Yes, but that's in the Old Testament. That's just for the Jews. That's not for the church. I sat there and thought for a moment. Then I said, I know what I'll do. I'll run my references. If I can find anything in the New Testament like that, I'll know it belongs to me and to the church. I started with Psalm 91. A reference to a long life led me into Proverbs. Then the word began to enlighten me. In Proverbs, I began to see that the first audible voice could not have been God. The voice had quoted Hebrews 9.27 and it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment, but had misinterpreted it. Because the devil knew I didn't know any better, the voice had said, Everyone has an appointed time to die. You hear people say that all the time. Even born-again spirit-filled Christians say, When your time comes, you are going to die. That's not true. You don't have an appointed time to die. I read in the book of Proverbs again and again that if you do certain things, your days will be shortened. But doing other things will add unto you length of days. I knew God's word was right. I knew that even though that voice picked the verse out of a chapter and gave it to me, it could not have been God because it was not in line with the rest of the word of God. I continued to run references. This brought me over into the New Testament. I came over to Ephesians 6, 1-3 and then into 1st and 2nd Peter and found that Paul and Peter quoted the Old Testament concerning long life. 1st Peter 3, 8-12, 2nd Peter 1, verse 3. I jumped up out of the chair with my Bible in my hands. I doubled up my fist, kicked with my foot and said, Devil, you get out of here. That was you talking to me. That was you that spoke to me in that supernatural voice. I want you to know that I am not going to die today. I'm not going to die tomorrow. I'm not going to die next week. I'm not going to die next month. I'm not going to die next year. I'm not going to die in the next five years. I'm not going to die in the next 10 years. 
I'm not going to die in the next 15 years. I'm not going to die in the next 20 years. I'm not going to die in the next 25 years. I'm not going to die in the next 30 years. I'm not going to die in the next 40 years. I'm not going to die in the next 50 years. I'm not going to die in the next 55 years. God's word says, with long life will I satisfy thee. Psalm 91 verse 16. And I am going to go on living until I am satisfied. Alright guys, that's the end of chapter 20. I told you chapter 20 is a very long read, okay? So I, I would just go straight to sharing my what stood out for me in chapter um, 19. Alright, chapter 19 spoke about the voice of the spirit you know what's that for me in chapter 19 is that the, the spirit doesn't necessarily need to speak to us audibly he needs to speak to us on the inside sometimes we are in search of an audible voice and then whenever the spirit speaks to you audibly gives you an express you have a revelation a vision an express um, interpretation or an express revelation of what is going to happen or you heard an audible voice it's a clear sign that the road is about to get bumpy so he needs you to be sure that he's the one speaking to you i think that stood out for me so aside that he just speaks to us in our hearts and let us know that he would have us do this all right verse 20 is a very chapter 20 rather is a very long read and um what stood out for me in chapter 20 is that we should always judge every word whether it is audible or not so it is not just the holy spirit that speaks supernaturally the devil can also speak to you supernaturally through someone and make you believe that it is the word of god and quote a scripture but we should always test every spirit the bible says we should test every spirit test every spirit by the word of god so it is important you also know the word of god for yourself spend time to read the word of god and spend time to study the word of god so you can test every spirit that comes your way all right so thank you so much for doing this with me i believe these two chapters um have blessed you and i look forward to reading chapter 21 and 22 with you thank you i hope you're preparing well for the christmas all right so i love you and i'll see you next week so before i go i would love to say within your confine have a picture of life bigger than your experience god bless you and have a beautiful friday bye Hi there, my name is Abmechi and I'm the anchor of Voice of Eden. Aside this, I'm a pro graphics designer, a singer, and I just love God, which is most important. I'm on a mission to expose people to the truth of who they are in Christ Jesus, to build a generation that loves God, fears God, and serves God, to raise and empower people that cherish the Word of God. Aside this, I am passionate about some other things, but I won't share it, alright? So join me as we journey into God's rest.